Wonderful. Victory. Let me ask you something this morning. <clears throat> if I could share something with you that would definitely make your life happier next year, would you listen? Okay, we'll listen up. I'm going to share with you this morning how to do that. You know, the Bible warns about using our voice and speech the wrong way. As a matter of fact, James says it's a world of iniquity and set on fire of hell. Now, you know what that is. That's gossiping, talking about people, putting people down, making yourself feel better, all those things. Gossiping. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when we gossip about someone, we uh, wound them deeply. It's such a deep wound, it's a deadly wound. And it's a deadly wound that never heals. And so, gossiping is such a, an atrocious sin that when the person who commits it, actually it's like a cancer, it eats them alive. The person doing it, it's actually detrimental to them. So just remember that when we use our language in the church, we shouldn't be talking about the deacons or the pastor or somebody in the church. We should be lifting up, and that's what the Bible talks about. The opposite of that is to encourage. And he uses word all through the New Testament, this word exhort, exhort, exhortation. And it really means in modern language just to encourage or encouragement. Now, how do we show the love of God? We show the love of God by doing something for someone else. Well, that's an act of encouragement. And that's what encouragement is all about. The way of showing God's love is encouragement. That's what it's all about, folks. And... The opposite of gossip and hurtful things and terrible things is to is simply to encourage one another. And by encouraging others, you get out of your little comfort zone. It says in Philippians 2 that we're not to look just on our own things, but also on the things of others. In other words, not just our situation, but consider someone else's situation. What's their problems? What are they dealing with? What are they trying to overcome? And to get out of that, and it can take many forms, encouragement. How about a smile? Anybody ever get a smile? You like a smile? I like people that smile. I try to smile. Uh, I try. I'm not always successful. Smile. How about a handshake? A good handshake or embrace or how about a kind word? Yes. Amen. How about, how about this, a general response to an offensive statement? Somebody says something to you that would be offensive, and, and rather than just come back at them, you just give them a gentle, loving response. That can be a form of encouragement. How about a, a card in the mail? How about a deed, something you do for someone? Or how about a prayer or help? 
It always takes many forms, but it's always the same. It's showing the love of God in our Christian walk in the form of encouragement. Now listen, we have people here that work jobs. And I know in the secular realm, realm you can come home and you feel beaten up, defeated, beaten down. Others are stressed by things in their life, whether it be health or finances or marital issues or many others. The other things, there's a whole list of things I can name. And they're battling those. Now, what do they need? What do people need today? They need encouragement. Do they not? We're going to talk about what the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 3 in just a moment. We're going to get there. And it says in, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, that two are better than one. Because if one falls, the other can lift the other person up. And woe unto the person who is alone. And has no one to pick them up. And, and, you know, that should not happen in the church. We walk together, amen? We are the body of Christ. We're walking together. And if one of us falls down, what should the others do? Pick them up. Yes. And it says two are better than one. Well, a hundred are better than, than two, you know? And that's what we're supposed to do. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 this morning. And as you're turning there... Hopefully you got a Bible and you're turning it. You ought to get your Bible. You ought to check me out. You know, I know he puts it up there, but you, you know, you don't know if we're in collusion to do something here. Yeah, bring your Bible and check us out. Uh, one man said this: When we encourage people, it's as if we infuse them with courage to go forward. It's like a superhero giving us his power to fight battles. When we help one another, and by the way, here's a great thing about encouragement. When you encourage other people, you're encouraged. Wow. You're lifted up. The Bible says that. Let's look here in, in Hebrews 3. Now here was the generation of the Israelites that did not go into the promised land. They never made it. They, did, they failed. It begins, uh, let's look in verse 10. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest of the promised land. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That was their problem. Unbelief. Lack of faith. What could they have done to prevent that? Verse 13. Exhort, encourage one another daily. While it is called today, lest there be an be in any of you hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Encouragement. Encouragement, folks. That would have helped them if they'd encouraged each other in the right way. Not to get together and talk about the deacons, but to encourage each other in the right way. To encourage one another, to stand fast in the faith. As it says, they're steadfast to the end. If they just had some encouragement, if they would encourage one another... And Paul is writing here to the Hebrew church at Jerusalem, and in chapter 13, verse 22, he tells us the very reason of the writing is to encourage those people. They were going through persecution. And because of it, some of them had left the faith and went back to the offering of sacrifices at the temple. Because of pressure, because of persecution. 
And he writes to them this letter of Hebrews to encourage them to give a word of exhortation. Encouragement. In both the Israelites at Kadesh Barnea and here, it failed. They did not listen to Paul, and ultimately the church at Jerusalem failed. They did not exhort one another daily. How important is that? Pretty important. And the Bible tells us we are implored to help the weak and those falling into sin, to love the lost, to love the brethren. And so we know that encouragement is awful important to the church. Uh, it makes us strong. It makes for a strong church if you encourage one another. How much time do you spend encouraging people around you? How much time do you spend encourage, encouraging others? You know, pastors are to do this. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Encourage, pastors. Pastors have to encourage their flocks. I can't come up here and preach on your sins every week. You'll get all beaten down. It's like somebody, one preacher, pastor, professor used to tell me, he says, you know, if you've got to skin the sheep, you've got to love them the next week. You know, if you're going to cut the wool off, you know, you've got you to love them a little bit. Let that wool grow back out. And, and so, you know, you, you have to encourage people. And I brought before you, as we start this new year, getting ready to, and I'll have, I'm going to have three successive sermons here in a row that are going to talk to you about next year. Uh, one's on making decisions. But this was, is one on encouraging each other. It will, it will change your life. If you focus your life toward getting out of your comfort zone and encouraging others and doing for others and helping others, you will see a dramatic difference in your life. Paul says this. He says to one of the churches, I come and give attendance to reading until I come to give attendance to reading Exhortation and doctrine. Paul says, when I come, I'm going to encourage you. Amazing. How did we miss all that when we read the Bible? How did I miss this thing on encouragement? Well, we did. We do. Titus 1.9, holy fast the faithful word that he may be able with sound doctrine both to encourage, exhort, and convince the gainsayers. Encourage them. How about that? You know, how much did God think of this thing of encouragement? I'd like you to look at Romans chapter 12 with me this morning. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. How much did God think it was important to encourage? God made it a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift. Have you ever met anybody that had that gift? I have. I had a professor in school, and man, he walked in the room. He just walked in the room, and I was encouraged. Uh, he had this aura about him, and he just, when he, he filled, he would go Dr. Cameron, and he would get up and begin to speak, and, and he had this old southern voice, you know, and, and he just, we just loved him. He, we, he encouraged everyone, a loving, wonderful person. And 
I learned a lot from that man. But he had that gift of encouragement. And God says he gave it to us as a gift. Having then, verse 6, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on ministering, or he that teaches, teaching. He that exhorts, he that encourages, on encouragement, that he giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth, he that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love, and it brings love in there. The gifts. These are ministry gifts. Now can you imagine being without people who teach? We have Sunday school classes, people gifted teachers. Being without those that teach. Being without those that rule. Being without those that give or minister. You see, we wouldn't, the church would be dysfunctional to the max if we didn't have those ministry gifts. People who minister, people who teach, and so on. But he's, in the same context, he says one of the ministry gifts is encouragement. Folks, some of you have that gift, and maybe you don't know it. Start using it. Oh my, what a blessing. But God says it's so important. Encouragement is so important that I'm going to make it a spiritual gift. Can you imagine that? It reiterates it in 1 Corinthians 14.3. And if a church, I would go so far as to say this, if a church does not have proper encouragement, um, that church will to some extent cannot continue to exist. There must be encouragement, folks. There must be encouragement. It, it not only makes, again, people stronger, but it makes you stronger, the person doing it stronger. And God will also bless you for it. And I'm telling you something. I'm sharing with you a spiritual secret here. It's not really a secret. God didn't mean it to be a secret, but most people just fluff right over this, this subject and just read that extra word in there, doctrine, exhortation, and don't think anything about it. But here, plainly, you've seen this morning in the Scripture where God intended, exhort one another daily. He says, lift each other up in the church daily. You might do that in prayer. You might do it in phone call. I don't know how you do it. But, but interact with one another. Show the love of Christ through encouragement. There are people in here going through all kinds of issues. And there's many... I can tell you in a church, and I've been here pastor a number of years, there are many in this church who are maybe going through a crisis or a faith or, or some problem in their life that you know nothing about. And they're sitting right here on these pews, Sunday after Sunday. And they just need somebody to reach out to them, put their arm around them, love them a little bit, and encourage them. You know? Encourage them. You know? You people were coming up to me this morning, said, I hope you're feeling better. You look better. You don't look better, you know. Uh, that was said in jest. I said, well, you look bad. And I said, oh, I always look that way. But encouragement. We have to open our eyes. And here's, here's the commitment. Let's talk about the commitment to encourage. Amen. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes. Prayer. Philippians 2, look not every man on his own things, but on his own burdens, but also on the burdens 
that other people face. As part of our, our loving the brethren, take action. 1 John 3.17 says, If you see your brother in need, you see your brother has need, and you don't try to help him, he says, how are you showing the love of God? How, how are you exhibiting the love of God if you know somebody has a spiritual need, a physical need, or whatever, and you don't try to do anything to help that? Look, if I know you have a need, I'm going to try to help you. At least pray for you. At least let you know I'm praying for you, whatever. But uh, I try to. I don't always succeed. But show the compassion and love of Christ through encouragement. Make sure your church is all about encouragement and known for it. Okay? Be practical. Sometimes just a phone call can do it. I know, I called one of our members who had been absent uh, uh, quite a few weeks and uh, to check them. I knew they'd been sick and they, were, and they were just shocked that I called them to encourage them. Just a phone call or a visit or whatever. What can you do to encourage those around you? Pray that God will open opportunities within your congregation and outside these walls to be able to encourage and help others. And it means a little bit dying to self. Y'all familiar with that term? Dying to what you want. That's what Philippians 2 is talking about because it gives us the example of Jesus who died to self, became a servant. It says die a little bit to self and look at others. Remember who your brother is. Who is your brother in Christ? In Matthew twenty-five forty, there's a narrative where Jesus speaks to his disciples and he said, you know, I was in prison, you didn't visit me. Well, they didn't when he was in prison. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was without clothing. You gave me nothing to wear. And I said, Lord, when did we ever see you in this condition? And then he says, for as much you've, you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So do you hear me? Who's your brother? Who's Jesus? That person sitting on the pew behind you, next to you, in front of you. That's who Jesus is. You know further proof of that? When old Paul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him, what did Jesus say? He didn't say, Paul, you're persecuting my church. He said, Paul, you're persecuting me. He's hurting Christians, but Jesus said, you're, you're, sticking, you're sticking spears in me. In other words, every time someone in the church was hurt, Jesus was hurt. You see? So how you treat your brothers is what tells a little bit how you think of Jesus. Oh, we don't like to hear. <laughs> That's how you think of Jesus. If you ignore their pain and suffering and need, you're ignoring Jesus. Think about it, folks. 
Who's your brother? Would you be willing to help if I said, Jesus is in need today? You'd probably say, oh yeah, I'm all in, brother. But help others, love others, encourage, encourage, encourage. Listen to me, listen to this. And, and it's, we, are, we have an appalling statistic today about ministers leaving the pastorate and youth ministers and all kinds of ministers. Why? Well, I've read the statistics, and, and the, one of the main reasons always given by pastors who quit the ministry is simply the lack of encouragement. Lack of encouragement. Wow. Can that be? Can the church be such, in such a situation that we allow our, the men of God in our church to leave because we don't encourage them? How can that be? How can that ever happen in the body of Christ? It's a sin. I'll never forget. I told you all the story before. As a freshman in college, just surrendering my life, being saved not long, uh, surrendering my life to serve the Lord, being in college, being without money on my birthday, and being hungry. And meeting the president of the school, Paul Gunner, put his arm around me. He said, you, you don't look uh, happy today. I said, well, it's my birthday. And he said, well, how are you doing? I said, well, Paul, I said, uh, you know, I don't have any money. And uh, I didn't say much more than that. And then later that evening, I looked in my, my box. You know, everybody had a box. And there was a card from Paul Gunner with some money in it. Paul Gunner may be the reason I'm in the ministry today. You ever think about that? That little $5 bill he put in that card may be the reason I'm in the ministry today. Somebody took the time to encourage. I never forgot him for that. I called him a few years ago and thanked him. And he was so impressed that he had, made, he had no idea he had ever made an impression on me. Most of the people who encourage have no idea the ramifications of what they do. And then old Dr. Cameron, the one I said had the gift of encouragement, I thought about leaving school again another time. And he got up that morning in chapel and preached a sermon, Abide in the Land. And it encouraged me to stick with it. And I can tell you hundreds of times, in the number of years I've been in ministry, I wanted to quit. But God allowed somebody, some way, to encourage me. You don't encourage people by yelling at them. Robert Fulgram said, yelling at things breaks their spirit and heart and does not encourage them to go forward. But let me just say something to you. And I gave you some stories this morning. Encouraging someone might change their life. Encouraging someone might change your life. Mom, you might change your child's life. Mr. Boss, if you're a boss, you may change a man's entire direction by encouragement. Christian, how about you? Let's stand and pray. <coughs> Lord, we thank you this morning that we are here talking about 
encouragement. And the Holy Spirit touches each heart this morning with that spirit to, to lift us up. And Lord, you lift us up so many times. But sometimes, as a little child who prayed, he said, I need somebody with bones and skin. Sometimes we just need another person on this planet to reach over and get, show us the love of Christ. Lord, bless, if you will, this congregation this morning. And Lord, we give thanks. If someone wants to make a commitment this morning, they may. But if there's someone here without Jesus Christ, maybe they have never accepted Him, I want them to know this morning, Lord, that they can. That Jesus made the provision for them to go to heaven by dying on the cross for their sins. And by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, just calling on Him the best they know how, He will save them and give them eternal life and make them His child. Lord, if there's anyone here like that, they can just pray simply, Lord Jesus, I believe You died for me. I'm trusting You. Be my Savior and Lord. That's enough if they mean it. Lord, we just ask a blessing now, the invitation as it is, if someone has need or someone has a question or someone wants to make a commitment, whatever the need might be, as we are at the edge of the old year and the beginning of the new year, this is a good time to make those commitments. Lord, bless the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.